you ever feel like your to-do list never ends? Like you constantly feel like you're behind? Maybe it's hard to sit down, to be still, to go slow. Perhaps you start playing with your kids for a few minutes only to be distracted by something else. Well, in today's episode, we're talking about how God created you for Sabbath and how he created Sabbath for you. Are you in a season where you're longing for more, desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships? Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic, healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. So I am an Enneagram 3, which is a performer, an achiever. I've always been a high achiever, and I have some theories about where that came from. As a little girl, I'm feeling this pressure or need to prove my worth and value. And for me, that looked like doing really well in school, being super involved in a lot of things, getting recognition externally. It fueled me. It motivated me. It's the thing that has historically been my driver. And so as a high achiever, I constantly have a to-do list. Practically in my head, in my goals, right? I'm always moving forward. You know, I really uh, talk about how there's three types of people, right? There's people who live in the future, which is what I tend to do as an achiever, as someone who's a visionary, who's very goal oriented. There's people who tend to dwell on the past. Maybe they relive situations. They play things over in their head. They dwell on things that have happened or that were out of their control. And then there's people who live in the present, who are present time, um, all in, um, want to be fun and engaging, right? And sometimes we can definitely have a balance of these things, but we typically tend to bend towards one of those directions. And for me, as someone who's constantly looking in the future, that means that I have a perpetual list of things that I want to accomplish. And because I've always been this way, I really didn't know any differently until Nate and I moved back to Fort Wayne and we really started engaging with friends about the idea of honoring Sabbath. Now, Sabbath is obviously something that I had heard about before. And to be honest, in my mind, I just sort of thought, oh, Sabbath just means that on Sundays, we kind of take it easy, 
go to church and call it a day. And I really had no idea what I was missing until that point. That was about seven years ago. And we had the blessing of coming back to Fort Wayne around the same time within a year or two of two of our um, dear friends. And, um, the six of us started having conversations surrounding what would it look like, especially in that season when we all had really young kids, what would it look like to really honor Sabbath as a community? And we began to have conversations around what that meant and, and how God designed us for, for Sabbath and for rest. And, you know, at that time, you know, we had had a normal rhythm going into the weekend, especially because I had been you know, coming out of a very busy season, living in Pennsylvania, working full time, being on staff at our church. Nate was also um, serving um, at our church and I was involved in a board and nonprofit. I mean, a lot of different things, but I would say I was doing it out of um, exhaustion. I mean, that's really why we moved from Pennsylvania because partly why we moved, I was feeling very burnout burnout in ministry, burnout in all these roles I was playing burnout as a new mom And so, of course, you know, when we have patterns in our lives, whatever we don't uh, repair, we will repeat. And so I really didn't tend to that inner driver inside of me. You know, I call it my inner slave driver. It's sort of that part of me that says you need to do more to be productive. Like it's never enough. And, And so when we moved to Fort Wayne, even though I was you know, still, I think Emma was 15 months and I was pregnant with, with Ruby. Um, I would just go into every weekend feeling like, Oh my goodness, there's all these things I want to accomplish. So at that time, um, weekends or Saturdays felt like it was the ultimate weight of our to-do list. Okay. Here's all the things we need to get done in the house. Here's all the things that I didn't get done this week. And so it honestly just felt heavy and stressful. And I remember you know, one moment for Nate and I, where we were just kind of processing that as a, as a couple. And he said something to me that just really struck me. And honestly, it was very convicting. And he said, you know, I feel like no matter how much I do or how much we accomplish, it's never enough. And he was really talking about the feeling that it was never enough for me. And I think naturally Nate is better at being in present time. He's definitely, you know, someone who's the life of the party wants to make people laugh. And, and so being married to someone like me, it made sense why he was feeling that way. And, you know, I started really reflecting on that. And as we're having these conversations with, um, friends of ours, we felt like, okay, you know, how do we do things differently? You know, here in our society, especially in American culture, it's like grind hustle culture where you go, 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 and it's nonstop. And then you sort of collapse on the weekend, catch your breath and do it all over again on Mondays. But one of the biggest paradigm shifts for me, as I started learning about Sabbath, reading more about Sabbath, diving into scripture about Sabbath, talking to friends and community, the realization was, you know, God created us to flow out of a place of abundance. He created us to operate out of being filled by him. And I was doing the opposite. I was striving, 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 putting so much pressure on myself, trying to be productive. And then just by Sundays I was exhausted. And I, 
I began to really um, embrace this idea of, okay, how do I change my mindset around this? As we've been talking about last week and in episode two, how do I renew my mind? Because to be honest, there are some lies that came up that I was believing at that time. And I think part of my frustration in that season before I really understood Sabbath was, you know, me being a three, Nate, Nate being, you know, a seven, I just would get frustrated when he would rest. You know, if he was sitting on the couch or playing with the kids or watching a football game, like there's something in me that would just get agitated because I would just feel like, like I, at that time, believed that rest is laziness. And that was one of the lies I was believing. And I did not understand the value of rest. Honestly, I was uncomfortable in rest and stillness. It felt like I had this constant unsettledness inside. And so we just made a decision as a family. This is a really important value for us. We want our kids to, to learn how to rest. We want to be able to connect as a family, especially because we had to come out of a season of being burnout. So it was time to do something different. So I began to renew my mind around that. And in that season, we began to really honor and practice Sabbath as a family and as a community. And so that really led to this lived experience of God's intention for Sabbath. And this brings me to point number one, God created you to function optimally when you are not maxed out at your capacity. Okay. Now, as I said, I am a very productive person. I enjoy being productive. I enjoy accomplishing things and checking things off my to-do list. But when I am doing that to the point where it's at or beyond my capacity, then it's not good for me. It's, it's, it's not honoring God's design. He designed us for rest. Now I actually have an analogy that I use when I teach about postpartum emotions and I, in, inside of my counseling office, if you come in there, you'll see three glass jars. They are three different sizes and the largest jar kind of represents like our capacity when we're, you know, normal, healthy at our best self. If you picture that jar full of water and that's how much of life you can handle, how much of your to-do list you can handle, it should not be filled all the way, right? There should be, there should be what I call margin. It's a space within the jar where there's air. (laughs) It's a space where you can actually put the lid on, you know, shake it up. It doesn't spill all over. Right. But what happens is that we often live our lives over capacity. So not only is the jar full, but it's, it's pouring over. And for me, uh, I'll give you some signs about what that looks like when my jar is pouring over. I am stressed. You know, I'll start to get chest pains. Um, I've shared before about my eye will twitch. When I was really, really stressed in the height of being a victim advocate, my hair started falling out. I will wake up at night when I feel stressed or overloaded. And, you know, here's the reality. We weren't meant to live like that. And so if your body is showing you those signs where you just have a constant restlessness, you're having chest pains, your mind is constantly racing. If you struggle with anxiety, I would be really curious if you're living outside of your capacity. So to live outside of our capacity means that we are living beyond the uh, limitations and means that God created us for. Okay. And there's a couple passages I want to share with you about this. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, for six days, God worked. 
we have to understand that he, he made the light and the waters and the land. He made the plants and the trees, the sun, stars, and moon. He made the animals that live in water, the ones that fly in the sky above and the ones that roam on land. And then God made humankind after his likeness, male and female, he created us. So if God himself spent those six days in creation, if he spent six days forming the earth, what happened on the seventh day? Okay. The Lord knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. This is Psalm 103, 14. After God created us, our first day of existence was one of rest. Indeed, this is a picture of God's grace. Therefore, according to his abundant grace, the Lord gave us the weekly Sabbath to remind us that we are his. He loves us and he is faithful. So just as God himself took a day of rest, he designed us for a rest for a purpose because he wants us to see and know that we are made in his image and that he is sufficient. He is enough. Because in Genesis 2, we see that thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work, all that he had done. And on that day, he rested. God blessed the seventh day, made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So if God himself rested and we are made in his image, we were also designed to rest. We were designed to have one out of every seven days to reset and to rest. And yet we live in a culture that tells us that we need to be going hard and hustling seven out of seven days. And so it's no wonder people struggle with anxiety. It's no wonder stress, chronic stress is one of the number one causes of health issues. It's because we're living outside of God's intentional design. We think we can do more, try harder and be productive. And yet here we are feeling extremely burnout, extremely overwhelmed and wondering why it's happening. Well, it's because we need to understand that we weren't meant to do that. That's not how he designed us. And he modeled that. And he not only instructed us to rest, it's a commandment. It's an appointed time with him. And so here's point number two. Why do we get stuck? Why is it so hard to rest? Maybe you struggle with that same lie that I believed. We get stuck because we equate rest with laziness or the feeling of not being productive. So in this culture that tells us to hustle harder, to do more, to be productive, God invites us into stillness. One of my favorite verses is to be still and know that I am God. It is in stillness where God wants to meet us. You know, when Jesus was in high demand where people were pulling on him and wanting his time, wanting more and more and more from him, he got away even more. He went to the mountain. He found solitude. He prayed. God tells us to slow down and take a real rest. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So in a world that is loud and busy, sometimes we've lost the ability to quiet our minds. And I can usually tell when I'm interacting with someone how busy their mind is and how quickly they live internally, how much pressure they're putting on themselves internally. Now, you know, there's typically, if you're someone who's always running late, and I almost call it like leaning forward. Like you're always living forward. It's always sort of striving to keep up with the next thing. Often your mind is very busy. 
and it's hard to slow down. And this has been something that I've had to grow in over the years because I used to be that way. I used to be leaning forward and always trying to catch up to some standard that I set for myself. To be honest, it was always pressure I put on myself. And so the question is, how do we honor God's design for rest? Like, what does that look like? If we're not supposed to constantly be stressed out and overwhelmed and overworked, what are we supposed to do? Well, I'm a big believer in hard work. Okay. I'm a believer in being productive. I'm a believer in using your gifts. I love the feeling of accomplishing something that God has put in my heart to do. Okay. So those things are good and beautiful, but we also have to have space and margin in our lives where we are recovering, we're recouping, we are being filled. And so my encouragement for you is to really think about how do you honor God's design for rest? It's time to redefine your relationship with stillness, rest, and slow growth. Okay. I have one of my favorite items sitting on my desk all the time, and it's a small little turtle that I got from my grandmother. She had it on her desk and she told me the secret. She lived to be 92 and she was so full of life and just highly gifted. She was a middle school English teacher her entire career. And she told me, Amber, it's okay to grow slow. It's okay to rest. It's okay to slow down. And so she had that turtle on her desk to remind her of that because (laughs) I can be very similar to her. And so that's, I literally need a visual reminder to say, you know what? It's okay to be present with my family. It's okay to give myself permission to not do that thing, to push back the deadline, to slow down with whatever is on your heart. Okay. To be fruitful to have a meaningful life and to have healthy relationships, you have to be able to learn how to live within the presence. Okay. You have to be able to learn how to be present. And so for me, it took practice to slow my mind down. It took intention to renew my thoughts, to stop judging Nate and thinking he was lazy. It's, I started redefining my relationship with Sabbath and with rest. And so for me, It was starting to give myself a mental break. Like, my goodness, Amber, (laughs) you, you've, you've done enough. You know, one of my favorite phrases that I say at the end of the day is just sitting in gratitude for the day and all that the day has held and being thankful that I've completed one day's share of what God has called me to do. Because I'm a visionary and I think often 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, I can have a really hard time focusing on one day share of work. Okay. So I get home, I'm looking at things that I didn't get to. Okay. I've done one day share and that allows me to give myself that mental permission at the end of the day, at the end of the week to say, you know what? It's enough. I've done enough. It's time to rest. And so I need that margin. I need that, that, that mental break from my phone, from responsibilities, from being productive. I also need a physical break. I need permission to just sit down, to sit on the couch, to lay on the floor and play with my kids. I need to refresh my spirit. I need space and margin in my life to hear from God. I love having that time in the mornings. I also love having that time on Sabbath. 
And so as we walk this out, as our friends and I have really learned, okay, how do we do this in community? We've, you know, intentionally the last seven years been honoring Sabbath as a community. And it's been really amazing because even specifically the last three years, as God's really been speaking to me about the life interconnected revelation, you know, often during the week, I would try to journal or create things or um, write content and I would feel stuck. But then all of a sudden on Sabbath, when I'm not working, I'll just be sitting there with the kids or kind of daydreaming or relaxing on the couch. And I will get all sorts of revelation and creativity or even have a dream the night before that has all the answers that I've been striving for. And I feel like God has just really been trying to, um, drive that into the core of my being that I am meant for Sabbath and that it's an appointed time with him. It's a time when he wants to speak to me. It's a time when he wants to bring clarity about things I've been striving for. And so Sabbath is an appointed time with God and he will meet you there. It's also just been so life-giving with uh, my friendships and my family's relationships because I just feel like I'm mentally available. I mean, a lot of times during the week when I'm in, you know, my husband calls it task mode. It is super hard to slow down um, with people or my kids. And I have to be really thoughtful about that um, during certain pockets of time. So for me, I want to talk like, what does this mean practically, right? These things sound good in theory, and maybe there's something that's stirring in you longing for this, but what, what does this mean practically? So let's look at each day. I'm finding margin in my day to allow myself mental rest. So my jar is not flow overflowing. Um, I am, you know, in the mornings, like right now it's super quiet. My kids are all still sleeping. I love being able to just have this margin of quiet time and just stillness before I pour out a lot to a lot of people today. Um, when I get home from work, like my phone is pretty much like hidden. Like I don't, I try to just put it away and just get on the floor with my kids, run outside, throw Frisbee, be present for dinner. Um, just really have that margin in my, in my relationships, um, in, in mental break and obviously sleep, right? (laughs) God designed us to rest every 24 hours. That's something that is non-negotiable. We need that, but I view Sabbath as the same way. So for our family, um, from Friday night to Saturday night, we really honor Sabbath. So every Friday evening, you know, we are together as a family. We often do like pizza and movie night. We're just slowing down, just reconnecting, um, debriefing our week, you know, and, um, and this is just a beautiful way to sort of recoup and recover from all that we've done during the week. And then on, on Fridays, I am also, preparing for Saturday. So I'm preparing for Sabbath. And this has been a rhythm I've learned over the years. Like I am finishing up my housework. I'm getting all my laundry done. I'm meal prepping. I'm doing all the things I need to do so that when I wake up Saturday morning, I am able to rest. I create space to rest. I get things off my plate so that it can rest. And by working ahead of time, I'm able to do that. And so on Sabbath, you know, we're often sleeping in, um, you know, the kids have quiet activities and things they can do when they wake up, or sometimes they'll just come join Nate and I, and we'll snuggle in bed and just talk as a family. We all keep our PJs on. 
Um, we usually have a really good uh, breakfast together and then we're, we're, we're just being present as a family. We're playing games. Um, my kids see me on the couch reading, they're doing things, working on art. I usually try to have some special art project or something that they can enjoy that's set out for them. And we are just enjoying a slow pace as a family. Um, especially in the summer, we love being outside and it just, there's something in my nervous system that craves Sabbath because it's the day that I give myself mental permission to not be productive. And so that might mean I leave the dishes in the sink. It's the one day a week where I don't make my bed. And I do that on purpose because it just reminds me that it's okay. It's okay to let it go. It's okay to not do that. It's okay to just actually enjoy this hard life that the life that you're working hard for, right? It's okay to enjoy it. And then every Saturday evening for the last seven years, we gather now with five other families. Um, so we've had, um, uh, other families join us over the years and it's just been the biggest gift because we all gather. So now we have, I think 13 adults and 17 kids between all of us. Um, we take turns hosting. So the person who's hosting will make the main meal. Um, the others will bring sides and we gather, we fellowship, we prep the food, and then we will get the kids plates first. They will sit down and then we have a liturgy that we will read. Uh, my friend Joel, um, has written this beautiful liturgy that we've had for a long time. And we, most of us have it memorized because we, that's the beauty of liturgy. It gets deep into your spirit when you read it over and over again. So it has scripture, it has different gospel reading. Um, and our kids are a part of it as well. We really like to involve our kids and for them to be a part of reading and declaring the importance and the gift of Sabbath. And, you know, in Exodus 31, 12, it says, surely you must keep my Sabbath for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Sabbath is a sign. And you know, the friends of, uh, of ours who are, are friends of the families in Sabbath know that it is a priority for all of our families. It's something that has been so life-giving and it's different from a community group, right? Typically when you're in a community group for a church, you might be with that group for a year, maybe two years, but typically you're switching. I mean, to have seven years of relationship with this group of people is really special because we have cultivated depth, we've cultivated closeness, and we've cultivated a safe place and rest for all of us. It's a place where we can just come, whether you're in your PJs and just exhausted if you're having a hard conflict in marriage, if you're struggling with one of your kids, like we can just come and be and know that we're loved and know that it's a safe place to be refreshed and encouraged. I also love just the age of our kids, um, from middle school all the way down to Johnny's the youngest right now at the two years old and to see our kids interacting with one another, pouring into one another, helping one another. It's just a beautiful gift. And so that has just been so life-giving for us. And I just encourage you, if any of that feels um, like it's stirring something in you, like this is something that you can absolutely do in your community. Gather with just one other family or two other families. It doesn't have to be a big production. Um, it's just the beauty of coming together, sharing a meal. And uh, you know, after we share a meal, we're, we're often just hanging out. We're fellowshipping. We're sitting around the fire. We're talking. We're maybe sharing encouragement or things we need prayer for. Um, the kids uh, just have so much fun being creative and doing things together as well. And 
it's just been a gift. It's a time to share testimony. It's a time just to be refreshed in community. And I think, again, the difference with a Bible study is that we don't have an agenda. We're just there to be. And so I just encourage you, think about who, who you could do that with and start to create a rhythm. I think doing community is huge because one, it just helps you to be able to sustain that rhythm. And two, it's just encouraging, right? We need one another. We need the body of Christ. And the thing for me as a busy mom of four, um, I love having just a regular rhythm where it doesn't take any of my mental load to plan, right? Like, okay, you think, oh, having five families get together seems like a lot of work. It's not because we have our rhythm. We've been doing it so long. We know exactly how to do meals. We know um, how to help feed the kids and get them taken care of first. We just have a rhythm. And so when you have a rhythm, it takes less of your mental load. So I really encourage you to reflect on how you can um, implement a life-giving rhythm of Sabbath and, and really evaluate the state of your relationship with rest. Here is the big idea for the week. God created you with a specific capacity and honoring Sabbath helps to keep you within his optimal design for your well-being. Rest is good for you mentally, physically, and spiritually. So here is what I want you to reflect on this week. Are you tired, worn out? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 from the message. So here's the questions I want you to reflect on. What is your relationship with quiet? With stillness? Are you finding your worth and your value in being productive? Do you have a consistent time daily and weekly to pause, reflect, and have margin. I would love to hear about how you honor Sabbath and what is life giving to you for rest. Take a picture, show me how you're slowing down, tag me on Instagram at Amber Todd underscore org ORG. I'd love to see how you're resting and let's inspire each other. I'm going to be sharing this next week as well. What rest looks like for me. And then here's a sneak peek for next week's episode. We are going to continue this conversation about rhythms and life-giving rhythms. And we'll be talking about how to find rhythms for your physical health. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe leave a review, and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together, and I look forward to next time.